Chapter 23, Simple Math, a chapter on SIDS and vaccines. Judy Carlson thought the verdict would bring some sort of relief, some sort of escape from the pain, vindication. But no, her heart was still empty, a void that no amount of money could fill. Judy had liked the pediatrician for the first 20 minutes of her baby's two-month checkup, now so long ago. He had taken his time answering her simple questions. He had talked at length about several health and safety issues for two-month-olds, including making sure baby is properly secured in the car seat, nurses enough to grow well, gets his tummy time exercise, and even several important tips on SIDS prevention, including making sure he sleeps on his back, no one who smokes sleeps in the same room as the baby, and a fan is used to keep fresh air circulating. He had seemed to be in no hurry at all, not like other doctors her friends had complained about. He then stood up, as if the appointment was coming to an end, and said, The nurse will come in with the baby's vaccines, and we'll see you at four months for another checkup. I do have a few questions about the vaccines, though, Judy had tried to explain. I do want them, of course, but I have a few concerns. The nurse will give you some paperwork to read. That should address any of your concerns. And with that, the doctor had been out of there. Judy Carlson had planned to get baby James vaccinated, but she'd wanted to ask the doctor about spreading the shots out a bit, get some this visit, then finish off with the rest at three months. She was planning to do the same at four and five months and so on. She'd thought this would be safer and had wanted to ask the doctor about side effects from the two shots she was planning for that day, DTaP and rotavirus. The nurse had come in with some paperwork, two-page handouts about six different vaccines. I'd like to only do a couple vaccines today if that's okay, Judy had said timidly, DTaP and rotavirus. Oh, dearie, there's nothing to worry about. It's only a few shots. It's easier to just get them all done with, the nurse had tried to persuade her. But Judy had stood her ground, for all the good that it had done her baby in the end. And after reading the two-page information sheets about the two vaccines, the nurse had administered the one injection and the one oral vaccine and he died that night. SIDS was the diagnosis, sudden infant death syndrome. Her husband Jim had been the one to find him early morning, lying on his back in the crib, just as she'd left him hours earlier after a middle-of-the-night feeding. He wasn't breathing. He was limp, lifeless, and blue. 911, the ambulance, CPR, and the emergency room staff's best efforts had been in vain. And now, just a few hours ago, five years after the death of their baby, after years of gut-wrenching research, preparation, and testimony, they'd gotten a verdict from the vaccine court's special master. In this case, I have determined, after reviewing all the data, that the vaccines played a significant role in the death of J.C., he likely would not have died without the effects of the vaccines. 
the role of inflammatory cytokines as neuromodulators in the infant brain has been thoroughly researched and published, and is likely one of several reasons for a number of SIDS deaths occurring when babies catch mild infections. It is my conclusion that it is likely the vaccine-stimulated cytokines found in the brain of JC had a similar effect, and more likely than not contributed to his death. Their lawyer congratulated them, warned them not to reveal the amount of compensation the court had awarded, and walked them out of the courthouse through a side door to avoid the media. But it really didn't matter how many millions of dollars they'd be getting. It would never be enough. No amount would. Judy now sat in the extra bedroom that they still hadn't filled with another life and continued to relive that day, trying to find something, anything, she could have done differently. I could have decided to just wait on the vaccines, that's what. But that thought had echoed through her mind thousands of times ever since, to no avail. What made her angry still, after all these years, is how the doctor that day had spent so much time lecturing her on stuff she already knew, including SIDS prevention, and never even once asked her what she wanted to talk about. And when her concern happened to be about vaccines, he had no more time. I just don't get it. Vaccines are a complicated intervention with dramatic effects on the immune system and the whole body. Yes, they may provide some immunity, but they do a whole lot more. So why is it that the doctor, and every other doctor for that matter, won't give any patient the time of day to discuss the single most significant medical intervention their baby will ever have? We can talk for hours about eating, sleeping, diaper rash, and behavior, but try to talk about the 70 doses of vaccines a baby is supposed to get throughout their childhood? Nope. There's no time. And it isn't necessary. It's like vaccines are just automatic. People think they are so simple. They are not. She and her husband had learned a lot during their court preparation. Most of it came from their lawyer, who'd done this many times before. Like the fact that the vaccine package insert, or PI, for the brand of DTAP their doctor used, actually had SIDS listed as a reported adverse event following the release of the vaccine into the general population. But it had been Jim who noticed something on their baby's autopsy that gelled with some of the SIDS research. Inflammatory cytokines. These were chemicals released by the immune system in response to infection or vaccination. And the autopsy had found extremely elevated levels in the medulla part of James's brain. The lawyers for the Department of Health and Human Services couldn't explain that. There was no evidence of any recent illness or infection. All those tests came up negative. The only known recent event that would raise cytokines was vaccination. Most parents with SIDS right after vaccines lost their case in years past because numerous universities and medical centers had published research showing there was no link between the two. But this was new information, and the special master listened to it because there already was research that showed vaccines triggered inflammatory cytokine production 
as the immune system reacted to the vaccines. Judy had no illusions that the medical community would suddenly admit there's a connection. They'd find a way to explain away the cytokines, and mainstream medicine was already taking steps to hide any connection between SIDS and vaccines by changing its name to Sudden Unexplained Infant Death. She suspected they thought that by losing a catchy acronym, it wouldn't be as easy to talk about. And by spinning it as unexplained, instead of a syndrome, people would buy the lie that there couldn't be a cause. It just happens for no reason at all. Just like when they changed ITP, a potentially severe bleeding disorder that can be triggered by some vaccines and will, in some cases, lead to stroke, to BTP, benign thrombocytopenic purpura. That way, even when it does happen after vaccines, it's okay because it's benign. But Judy would forever know that her baby died of SIDS caused by a vaccine. And maybe our case will help others think twice before they agree to vaccination, even partial vaccination. I thought giving just one shot would be safe, but this just goes to show that you never know until it's too late. They wouldn't use the money for themselves, but they'd find a way to use it for good and warn others what can happen. If only I had known. If only someone had told me, Judy, don't do it. It's just not safe for a small minority of babies. And there's no way to know if your baby will be one of those who react. She'd make sure each and every parent who faces vaccination for their baby would be informed about the possible reactions. Everyone has the right to know the risk. The fact that her doctor had spent so much time warning her how to prevent SIDS, or SUID, then demanded that she accept the very thing that ended up causing it, was something that Judy wasn't sure she could ever get over. Judy had done the math. There were about 1,600 annual SIDS deaths in recent years, down a bit from the 2,000 it had been every year before that. And how many young babies died of vaccine-preventable diseases in the first year of life? She'd done the math on that, too. Pertussis? About 20. Flu? About 20. Hib meningitis? One or two. Pneumococcal disease, which caused pneumonia and meningitis? Unknown, because it wasn't a reportable disease. But not more than 300. Rotavirus? About five. All other vaccine-preventable diseases? Either none or occasionally one. This thought hurt more than any other. That a baby is statistically about three times as likely to die of SIDS than of a vaccine-preventable disease. At least, that's how she looked at it. So, if there is a connection, why would anyone ever choose vaccination? And that's why the government and the mainstream medical community won't ever admit it's possible. Because that knowledge would just be too dangerous and costly. And that's why we'll continue to see a study published every few years that reassures people vaccines don't cause SIDS. And the warning that they can will forever stay hidden in the small print of a vaccine warning label no one ever reads.
Resources for this chapter are available at johnphiliprian.com.